Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Raiders look to make it three in a row as they host the Denver Broncos on Sunday. It's the second of three straight AFC West games and the first time the Silver and Black have hosted a division rival this season. The Raiders are fresh off a thrilling win against the Chargers. Meanwhile, the Broncos come into this one with their 3-5 and five record and last week lost on the road to the Atlanta Falcons. The Raiders are just 1-2 and two at home, and Denver, just like the Silver and Black, have a better road record than home record. The Broncos are 2-2 two and two away from mile high, and despite the Raiders' lack of success at home, they are five-point favorites and the over-under, 51.5. You know, Raider Nation, it's a really interesting sports weekend. Because you obviously you have college football on Saturday. The NFL begins Thursday and finishes up on Sunday. And then you have the Masters Golf Tournament as well. Now, the Masters is usually played in April, but was postponed because of the coronavirus pandemic. So if you're looking to do some wagering this weekend, you have lots of choices. And the place for you to go is betonline.ag. If you haven't already checked out this website, do yourself a favor. It's fantastic. It has everything you could ask for and more. It has game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again. That's betonline.ag and sign up today. Well, this is the 120th all-time meeting between these two original AFL rivals. The Raiders lead the all-time series 64-53, to and there's been a couple of ties. They split their meetings last year with the Raiders winning in Week 1 and the Broncos winning in Week 17. The very first meeting occurred in 1960. And the Broncos defeated the Raiders 31-14. But don't worry, the silver and black, they would even the score as they blew out the Broncos later that season. Well, the rivalry really heated up in 1977. The Raiders were the defending Super Bowl champs. And the Broncos had never qualified for the postseason in the AFL or NFL. So in Week 5, Denver ended the Raiders' 17-game winning streak in a game which Raiders starting quarterback Kenny Stabler threw seven interceptions. I was at that game, and I couldn't believe my childhood idol could throw that many picks in one game. As a nine-year-old little boy, I was both heartbroken and devastated. Then two weeks later, the Raiders would defeat the Broncos in Denver. They met one more time that year, and it was the AFC Championship game. Broncos defeated the Raiders 20-17 at Mile High Stadium to win their first AFC championship. But the Raiders should have won that game because Denver running back Rob Lytle fumbled near the goal line and the Raiders recovered. But there was no replay back then. And Denver kept the ball and eventually scored a touchdown. Another memorable game was in 1988 Monday Night Football. The Broncos led the Raiders 24-0 at halftime. 
However, the Raiders sparked one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history, eventually winning on a field goal in overtime. And how about the 1993 season finale? The Raiders rallied from a 17-point deficit to beat the Broncos 33-30 in overtime to make the playoffs. And it set up another game in the first round of the playoffs in which the Raiders also won. And then six years later, in a game I covered for CNN Sports, at the end of a Broncos six-point overtime win, in Denver, on Monday Night Football, Raiders' Charles Woodson and offensive tackle Lincoln Kennedy engaged in a snowball fight with some fans. And after being pelted with snowballs from some unruly fans, Woodson threw a snowball that struck a woman in the face while Lincoln Kennedy actually went into the stands and assaulted a fan. Now, I remember seeing the melee from the other side of the field. So he went into the Raiders' locker room, and I saw very visibly shaken up Lincoln Kennedy. He didn't want to talk to anybody. But that just was part of that rivalry between the Raiders and the Broncos. Here's head coach John Gruden on this storied rivalry. I remember when I was uh, just hired to be the coach of the Raiders, they were the two-time defending champs. John Elway was in his heyday, and Mike Shanahan and Terrell Davis, Shannon Sharp. I remember them well. Rod Smith, McCaffrey, a lot of nightmares. It's a great, great organization. Uh, the AFC West is, is a big reason I wanted to come back and coach. It's a, it's a division that's been in its entirety for a long time. These are great rivalries, Chargers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders. They go way back in time, and this is always a special week for both teams. The Raiders are at the halfway point of the season, so I wanted to run through and assess position by position. Let's begin with quarterback Derek Carr. He's been outstanding. He's in year three of John Gruden's system. And he has clearly a great grasp of the offense. Carr is on pace to throw for over 4,000 yards, 32 touchdowns, and just four picks. Despite the fact he's playing behind a hodgepodge offensive line and a receiving core that's battled a lot of injuries. How about the running backs? Josh Jacobs hasn't been as efficient as a year ago, but he's still the workhorse back he was expected to be coming off an outstanding rookie season. He's second in the league in attempts, third in rushing yards, and sixth in rushing touchdowns. He's done that while depending on an O-line that started three backups against the L.A. Chargers. The wide receiver position? Nelson Aguilar has a strong case for being the Raiders' best acquisition this offseason. He has 17 receptions. That's third on the team with 347 receiving yards, and he leads the team with five touchdown catches. Hunter Renfro's been efficient, and more is expected out of first-round pick Henry Ruggs at third, who has just 10 catches and two touchdowns. Tight end Darren Waller, he continues to be one of the best tight ends in the league. 50 catches, nearly 400 yards, and four touchdowns. I would say he's probably the second-best tight end in the league, right behind the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey. The offensive line has been in flux the entire season, and I said this earlier, Tom Cable has been the coaching MVP of the first half, the way he's held this line together. Denzel Good and Brandon Parker have been great playing a variety of positions. Let's go over to the defense now. And the Raiders' defensive line, as we all know, has got to get better. Max Crosby leads the way with five sacks. But Raider Nation, the Raiders need more production for Carl Nassib and Cleland Farrell. Farrell was the fourth overall pick last year, and right now, he just looks like a good run stopper. Not much else. 
The linebackers, Nick Kwiatkowski is definitely the Raiders' best linebacker in a while. He's great against the run, but he often comes off the field at times on passing downs. Overall, I think he's a solid piece to this puzzle. Now, Corey Littleton, he's been one of the biggest mysteries of the season. The Raiders' big free agent signing has been mediocre at best in coverage, and that was supposed to be his strength. Finally, the secondary. Damon Arnett, the rookie was starting to get comfortable before injuring his hand. He's got good cover skills. Just let's get him healthy. Now, Trayvon Mullen, he's the Raiders' best corner, but is he a true number one? He's only in his second season. He definitely has all the physical makeup, and he is getting better. Let's hope that hamstring is good enough for him to go on Sunday. LaMarcus Joyner, now he really struggled last season, but I feel like he's been making more plays at the nickel corner this year. And then Jonathan Abram, well, look, you know he's good for at least one big play or knockout tackle a game this year. He is the heartbeat of that defense. Now, I know at times he can miss too many tackles, but he's just over-aggressive. I believe he is only going to get better. All right, let's take a look at the matchup now with the Broncos this Sunday. Now, offensively, I would look for the Raiders to continue to run the football the way they have the last two weeks. They've combined for 369 yards the last two games against Cleveland and the L.A. Chargers. When you look at the Broncos' defense from a statistical standpoint, their run defense is the middle of the pack, and they were at gash for more than 200 yards against the Chargers two weeks ago. Now, they did have a bounce-back game against Atlanta, holding them as a team to less than 100 yards. Still, Denver gives up a lot of yards on the ground, and the way the Raiders have been running the football lately, I would look for that trend to continue. And what a difference the three weeks makes. I mean, after the Tampa Bay game, there was concern the running game had taken a step back from a year ago. But right now, the entire group of Josh Jacobs, Devontae Booker, Jalen Richard, and Alec Ingold is clearly one of the strengths of this football team. Now, the Broncos are confident starting cornerbacks A.J. Bouye and Bryce Callahan will be back in action, and it can't come soon enough for them. Falcons' Matty Ryan torched their backups. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, now he hasn't put up huge numbers the last two games, throwing for a combined 276 yards. But he hasn't needed to with the running game stepping up the way it has. We all know Gruden likes to be balanced on offense. So let's see if Carr goes to the air a little bit more. Now, I know one player who would like to see the Raiders throw it more, and that's rookie wide receiver Henry Ruggs III. I look for the Raiders' first-round pick to possibly have a big game. He's going up against his former Alabama teammate Jerry Judy, who's turning into the Broncos' unquestioned number one playmaker on offense. Ruggs was taken three picks before Judy. While Raider Nation is still waiting for Ruggs to make an impact with his blistering speed, Judy has 11 catches for nearly 200 yards and a touchdown the last two games. For the season, Judy has 30 receptions for almost 500 yards and a pair of TDs. Compared that to Ruggs' numbers, 10 catches, 220 yards, and a majority of that yardage came against the Kansas City Chiefs. Derek Carr was asked after practice how the team could better incorporate Ruggs into the offense. We've been trying so many times to hit some big plays, you know, and we've hit a couple and then we've been like this close on, I feel like more, you know, uh, I feel like we've left more out there than we've gotten. And, uh, and that sucks, man, because he, we're practicing great. We're practicing hard. We're hitting them in practice. Um, 
and that that kind of stuff, the timing of it, the him understanding where I want to put those balls, me understanding where you know, all these guys break differently, you know. So understanding that, and we're we're gonna get there. But yes, I mean, there's different ways and things like that. But that that uh, that's a question higher than higher than what I'm paid to do, you know. Uh, you know, uh, coaches, you know, we've thrown him some screens, we've thrown him some different things, give him some jet sweeps, let him let him get his hands on the ball, uh, and things like that. So they're doing a great job. But I I think that coach would be able to answer that way better than I could. On the other side of the ball, we all know the Raiders' front line hasn't been able to engineer a consistent pass rush all season. The expectation was that with the offseason additions of defensive end Carl Nassib and defensive tackle Malik Collins and the progression of Max Crosby and Cleveland Farrell, the Raiders would at least be able to generate average pressure. Instead, they've been among the worst teams in the league in that category. After eight games, they have just nine sacks. 34 quarterback hits, and 67 pressures. Now, I know there's been some injuries to Nassib, Collins, and Mo Hurst, and that's played a little bit of a role. But for the most part, they haven't even been able to bother opposing quarterbacks very often. Now, on two occasions, they did show some promise. The first was week five in a win over the Chiefs when the Raiders set a season high with three sacks and 23 pressures. But then they laid an egg in the next two games by failing to register a sack and recorded just six pressures. And then the second bright spot? Well, it happened last week against the Chargers when they got two sacks, seven quarterback hits, and how about this, 12 pressures. Hey, maybe it's a sign of things to come. We can only hope so, Raider Nation. Linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski says the best way for the defense to get better has a lot to do with the film room. It's all about the film. I mean, going back, uh, you know, seeing what we did, you know, well, seeing what we did wrong uh, and improving on that. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the win, a win is always the most important thing. But no matter a win or loss, I mean, you can take you can take things from the game and, you know, improve on them, um, you know, do the things you did well and, you know, build off those throughout the week and uh, carry those over. Um, so in my opinion, it's all about the film, you know, coming in, correcting things and uh, just learning from that win or loss. Much like the Raiders, the Broncos' offensive line has dealt with numerous injuries. But their replacements haven't fared as well as the Silver and Blacks. They've given up 20 sacks, and they rank near the bottom of the league in pass protection. Denver's offense is led by second-year quarterback Drew Locke, who also ranks near the bottom of the league in several offensive categories. But as I mentioned earlier, he's found his security blanket and top playmaker and rookie wide receiver Jerry Judy. The issues with the offensive line also might explain why Denver is having issues running the football lately with Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay. Overall, they rank near the middle of the pack. But last week, they combined for just 41 yards against the Falcons. All right, let's take a look at the injury report now. And rookie cornerback Damon Arnett, he returned to practice, but Coach John Gruden says the jury's still out if Arnett will play on Sunday. Arden Key and Alec Ingold both practiced on Wednesday. Key's missed the last two games, and Ingold left the Chargers game with a rib injury. Trayvon Mullen, Maurice Hurst, and Colton Miller didn't practice. Once again, the Raiders and the Broncos, Sunday, 105 on your local CBS affiliates. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast. Leave Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts 
by McCoffin Corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.